Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Blitz coming from Green Bay. Fields loads up going into that's Moody. He's got it. Touchdown, Chicago. Well, Chicago badly needed an answer. They needed to make this thing a game here towards the end of the third quarter, and that was a big-time drive. Watch Darnell Mooney here working in the slot, just runs a little wheel route. Green Bay struggles to pass this route off. Mooney and Claypool just kind of running a switch little vertical, and great throw by Justin Fields. We got ourselves a ball game here at the end of the third quarter. We're back. Live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. So much negativity surrounding the Bears game on Sunday. I'm the positive guy. Well, there's only a slice of positivity, but at least I can give you that. It was a highlight from Sunday. Wanted to make you feel good. It's Gabe Ramirez here. 670 The Score talking about the Bears and their upcoming match on Sunday versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we get to do that with our next guest joining us right now on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. She covers the NFC North for Fox Sports and a myriad of other things. It is Carmen Vitali joining us right now. Carmen, good evening. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? You know, I've been trying to, I'm making the joke that, you know, when you ask that question this week, it's just, it hits a little different, you know? Like, how are you doing? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Do you want the right answer? You know, because most of you pass people up in the hallway and you're like, hey, how's it going? Great. You never stop. But this seems like the week, Carmen, where when somebody's like, how are you feeling? You're like, well, actually, listen, man, Justin Fields is having a rough, is having a rough one. No, but let, let's live in this, let's live in this bear space. First, let me ask you this. Were you equally as shocked as everyone else in the Chicagoland area uh, after or during Sunday's game, I should say? I have to say no. Uh, I know that's probably not going to make me a popular person. But, hey, I'm a reporter. I have to cover all my teams objectively as much as possible. Grew up a Bears fan. Um, so this team has broken my heart more often than I can even say, more times than I can count. And I just knew it wasn't going to be that easy. Aaron Rodgers leaving the division wasn't going to mean that this rivalry kind of tilted on its head in the Bears' favor. Like, I just, I, like nothing in Bears' history in my lifetime has ever told me otherwise, unfortunately. And then, you know, seeing, seeing training camp, rather, seeing practices kind of the couple of weeks leading up to week one, I just didn't feel good enough about what I was seeing that it was that different from last year. Um, and that's kind of what we ended up seeing. We saw the same issues for the same reasons. And I think that's why it was so disheartening because 
I mean, especially when it comes to the offense, I really didn't see any even incremental improvement. There wasn't really much positive to say about that performance on Sunday. And it wasn't just Justin Fields' fault. It was offensive line again. Uh, It was coaching, play calling. I mean, just it runs the gamut of, of blame across here. And I think that that really bums people out. And especially to have that come against the Packers. It's just it pours more salt on the wound. That was the most frustrating part for most fans was that it was against the Packers because that's all you heard people say. Like I just you know even if even if Justin Fields has a decent game, as long as they beat the Packers, we'll be okay. But six points in the first <laughs> half to your to your point uh, is that you know the, the offense did not look like it was as improved as we were promised over the offseason. And you heard Jalen Johnson talk about it right after the game, Carmen, where he said. Hey, I, I guess we weren't as good as we thought we were. <laughs> but, but why? Why do you think the Bears thought that they were going to be able to be operating at, at, at such a high level? I mean, there was an increase in talent, right? Especially on the offensive side of the ball. You try and bring in an above-average tackle or guard, rather, in Nate Davis. And then you bring in DJ Moore. DJ Moore, not only is he supposed to be that number one wide receiver that finally gives Justin Fields a reliable weapon, but he's been battle tested. I mean, it, all his years in Carolina, he had guys like Kyle Allen, like like uh, aging Cam Newton, like like a myriad of quarterbacks just throwing him the ball, and it was all subpar quarterback play. But he was able to make things happen anyway. So you feel like, okay, if Justin Fields can take that extra next step, and he has a guy like DJ Moore that can kind of make up for some of his missteps as he's done before, this should spell at least a little bit of improvement. And it just didn't. The play calling wasn't there. This team wasn't working together as a unit. The offensive line looked like five guys that had just been last minute thrown together because, oh, yeah, they were five guys that had last minute been thrown together (laughs) despite all of the continuity you had hoped to have leading into this. Um, It was just so discombobulated, and I don't think it's indicative of the talent level necessarily on the offensive side of the ball, but – I mean, this is why it's a team sport. You have to put absolutely everything together, and just nothing was working, and it just was a total snowball effect on Sunday. Talking to Carmen Vitali from Fox Sports here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. So of all the disappointing things that happened on Sunday, what, what as, as the game ended, what was the most disappointing for you? That's hard to quantify. <laughs> Quite honestly, honestly, you know what? That's fair. You know what was most disappointing to me? Uh, it actually came on Monday, and it was after watching the film, after talking to his coaches. Matty Berflis didn't seem to have a lot of answers for why everything went wrong, and that's what was maybe not disappointing, but a little bit scary and a little bit concerning. Um, because when your head coach doesn't know why DJ Moore wasn't involved mm. uh, after he had gotten two straight back-to-back first downs. Um, that's, that's a red flag to me is you want to talk about red flags. I, I don't know why at that point, I mean, I understand after the game, you're on the defensive side of the ball. You don't necessarily know what was like, who was being subbed out and why they were being subbed out in real time. But Monday morning, his first stop should have been Luke Getzey's office and asking why wasn't DJ Moore in there? What do we need to do to make sure that he's available? How do we get him more involved? And it didn't seem like Maddie Rufus had those answers. And that was that was concerning. Yeah, that would that, that's a that's a great point because it's one thing to watch a game and feel as though the Bears were unprepared, and it's another thing to to have you know twenty four hours pass and then feel like okay, you have an opportunity to be prepared for at least this conversation, and then you still get the same lack of preparedness because there are still some 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 things that are being omitted there, and that 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 seems to be the issue. 
uh, for for me at least. And I and I look at this team and I look at DJ Moore, and you know I had conver- I, Carmen. I had I had so many conversations with people where I was like, I know you think that DJ Moore is the savior, but can Justin Fields target him ten times in order for him mm-hmm. to get seven passes? And I think that's what mm-hmm. we saw on, on on Sunday is that you know Justin Fields struggles with targeting a receiver and 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 getting him the ball a ton of times to to do what he said, which is give him a 50-50 opportunity. Yeah, and again, that's another thing that I don't have an answer for because you look at some of those checkdowns that Justin Fields took, especially on those plays where you see that DJ Moore comes wide open, and DJ Moore is in that same throwing lane that he throws that Justin Fields throws the checkdown to. So you have to wonder like if you could see the checkdown, why couldn't you see DJ Moore, you know, 20 yards beyond that? Um, that's just one of those things where the vision isn't there. And I don't know why that is. I don't know if he's skipping over reads or I, I think that a lot of it is he's been spooked so many times by the fact that the offensive line just keeps breaking down in these protections and he doesn't trust it. And so it kind of hurries his eyes a little bit. It also is the fact that he, when once the ball is snapped, I feel like Justin Fields takes too long to get the ball out in general. His timing isn't there. The anticipation isn't there. That's something that his quarterback coach, Andrew Janoko told me right before the start of the season a couple of weeks ago was that that was somewhere where he still needed to see Justin Fields improve. And if Sunday is any indication, he hasn't done that yet. And that is something that we want to be paying attention to in week two, because Carmen, if even, even the highlight of that's been going and making its rounds of uh, Derek Carr, you know, asking his offensive coordinator to have Shaheen just have, you know, one more go route. I see it. I know it's there. Hey, you be ready. You be ready when I call this go route because this is what's going to happen. And then when you when and that's not the part that I marvel at. It is the beauty of the three step drop where a pass is thrown when that back foot actually lands. And that's what I saw in that moment where I feel like we don't get enough of that from Justin Fields, where it's trust. You know, the word trust needs to be emphasized and put on a big you know, whiteboard in the room, like trust, trust your receivers, trust your offensive linemen, trust yourself that you're going to be able to, to take those three, that three-step drop, that five-step drop. And then when you let go of the ball, you're going to put it in a space that your guy is going to do his job on the other end. And I just can't seem to figure out. And Josh Rock touched on it earlier. Maybe it was because of the situation he came into and the situation that he, he's been in that he doesn't have trust in his teammates and his coaches and, you know, those that are around him. But it seems to be seems like like that seems to be like some sort of mental block that's going on with Justin Fields. It's mental. It's a mental block. I think there's there's technique that comes into this. His footwork. I know that was an emphasis, a point of emphasis for him this offseason was to work on his footwork. But you just don't see the sense of urgency out of him and and moving his feet in the pocket and making sure that they get reset because when your feet are set, I mean that doesn't only affect how far you can throw the ball, it, it affects your accuracy. It affects literally every single thing about that throw and where you can place the ball and if it sails on you or not. Like that all depends on if your feet are set or what the platform is that you're throwing off of. And even in those situations where he has time and he should be able to get into those three set those five set drops, you just don't see his feet kind of lining up with that and you see him kind of taking his time with that and even double pumping like the ball it just doesn't look cohesive it doesn't look clean and by contrast that was something that Jordan Love did very well in his first game as the guy his second ever game starting you saw him be able to set his feet so many different times and make sure that his feet were set and like he wasn't a mistake-free guy by any stretch of the imagination 
but he could get his feet set. He trusted his receivers, and he threw with that anticipation. He was so good at that. Even when it didn't work out, he still continued to go back to that, and it resulted in some awesome big-time plays for him. Yeah, I mean, Jordan Love, we all saw, you know, had a couple, not a couple, a handful of bad throws. They were just off target. But, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you're doing it when it counts. Third and long. How many of those did we see get converted uh, by the Packers yep. on Sunday? And and those are the things that we look to, right? Can you continue drives? Can you make the right reads in the right situations? And, you know, but also, can you have that perfect marriage with your coaching staff? And it seems, I mean, after the game, that's the first, that's the number one thing that I thought about, Carmen. I just said to myself, wow. I said, the Packers coach is just significantly better. And, and just from the game plan of how the game flow, of how it went, and the adjustments, you just thought to yourself, well, this is a much better coach team than than the Bears, and and I and I, I don't want to give Eberflus the pass because because he's still a young coach in terms of you know this being just his second year, but I I think there's some cause for concern there, wouldn't you agree? I would, and I think that it kind of stems from the fact that Matt Eberflus is a first time head coach. He's also a defensive head coach. Luke Getzey is a first time play caller, and I don't think that that necessarily is the right recipe for a developing young quarterback because in contrast, again, you look at Green Bay, you have experience on the offensive side of the ball, the play calling, the personnel Green Bay was trotting out there. It was all designed to help Jordan Love. I mean, they had heavier personnel out there all game. I can't even count the number of personnel groupings they had where they had multiple running backs, multiple tight ends. I think I saw three tight ends on the field at one point, extra blockers along the offensive line. And that was all to create misdirection, confusion, and also to help Jordan Love get settled in and get comfortable so that he could trust his protection. He could trust his receivers. And they were actively trying to make things easier on him. That doesn't seem to be the case for Justin Fields. I just talked about this actually on um, my podcast with Adam Rank of NFL Network. It's called The Sick Podcast. We were talking about, you know what? If the Bears need to run Justin Fields, I think he had one design run all of Sunday. If they need to run him to start the game, to get the offensive line kind of in that run-blocking rhythm, they were a good run-blocking unit last year, and to get Justin Fields' confidence up and, and kind of establish that aspect of the offense in order to throw the defense off a little bit more, and then you start introducing the pass, so be it. If he has to start the game by running the football a lot more, I'm fine with that. He's taking hits anyway at this point. So why not try to get him as comfortable as possible and open up your offense a little bit more that way you can kind of get the defense on their heels and get them preparing for more things than just whatever that was on Sunday. Yeah, and we talked about it. The key word that you and I have been discussing for the past 15 minutes has been confidence. And if you can get your guy, Justin Fields, out early, building confidence in not only the offensive line, like you mentioned, but himself, the team, right? Everybody else wants to play when you're winning, when points are being put on the board. And I think that you cannot shy away from what you did extremely well last year. And I understand you're trying to limit the amount of hits, but you just pointed it out. He is going to take those hits anyway. He he is going to get out of the pocket. He's going to, you know, tuck the ball and he's going to run in certain instances and you have to minimize those hits, but they're going to happen. And so, you know, let's plan for them accordingly to get them the the proper blocking that needs to be. Uh, Talking to Carmen Vitale here, Fox Sports uh, on 670, the score. Uh, Let's talk about the rest of the NFC North. I mean, Two big games there, right? I mean, obviously the Vikings falling to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Lions defeating the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, what did you see from two of the better teams in the NFC North this weekend? 
Yeah, I I had a Lions coach text me after the game that said it's not an upset if you believed it all along. And I was like, you know what? I, yep, that's that's the, in the story of the Lions this entire offseason, even coming into this season as the favorites in the division, which is wild to say about the Detroit Lions. They did a really good job about blocking out all that noise. And it stems from this belief that they all have in each other that kind of insulates them from from really listening to any of that kind of stuff. And you don't really hear them talk about it even either. You don't hear them kind of being braggadocious and saying, oh, yeah, we have so much talent. We're doing this with probably the exception of C.J. Gardner-Johnson, but that's just who he is. And you, like, you can just feel how much these guys are playing together and all of those intangibles that come with the culture that Dan Campbell has created is going to make for a really good team this year, and that's why they're able to go into Arrowhead and knock off the defending champion. I know that they weren't at 100%. I know that the Chiefs didn't have Travis Kelsey, but that is still a hard place to play. And to open the season, the entire NFL season, on Thursday night, and to go out there and kind of reaffirm the hype that has been surrounding you all off season. I have to commend the Lions for doing that, and I think it absolutely makes them contenders this year. And then you look at the Vikings, too, previous division winners. They get beat by, I think, a Bucks team that is going to surprise some people. I said this right after the game that I think that the, the Vikings are going to look back on this game and not feel as bad about this loss when all is said and done with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But I think also a part of it is getting adjusted to their new defensive system. And with Brian Flores as defensive coordinator, I was lucky enough to sit down with him for, he was like a half an hour, 40, 40 minutes uh, a couple of weeks ago, just to learn about his defense and to learn about his process and what he's instilling up in Minnesota. And what it, what it came off as is that he puts a lot in these players' hands. And in order to, do that you have to have guys with experience so this this often or the, that defense kind of runs through jordan hicks it runs through uh harrison smith because those are the most veteran guys on that team but it is going to be a little bit of an adjustment and you're going to have to have these guys that have a really spherical view of what this defense is trying to do and that takes time so i think that's why you saw the vikings kind of not be able to make that crucial stop right after the two-minute warning um on third and ten when chris godwin makes the catch of his life from baker mayfield and, and wins the game for the Buccaneers, those things are going to keep happening to the Vikings until they get used to this defensive system. They're going to be able to still score points, but they might get off to a little bit slower of a start. Definitely going to have to put an end to team scoring points. Last year gave up more than they actually scored, despite the fact that they ended up 13-4. and four. So uh, some adjustments to be made there. Carmen, I appreciate you hanging out with me and giving us some insight, not only to the NFC North, uh, but to our Chicago Bears. Absolutely. Anytime, Gabe. Love it. Love it. Carmen Vitale from Fox Sports. Make sure you guys follow her. Uh, wealth of information, having worked for several teams uh, in the North and just understanding how they operate. Just great, great follow. Make sure you go ahead and do that. Ah, but it's so sad. Like, talking about the Bears is not, is not supposed to be this sad. Can we just Can we just say that? Like, not week one. Everyone's been talking about it. The locker locker room looks like a team that's two and seven, not zero oh and one. I get it though. You, 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 you have a sense of believability. It's almost as if I don't know if you guys have ever had this experience, but you know, if you're playing in your you know elementary school, high school, rec league, whatever it is, when you're playing a game specifically basketball, and you're warming up. And you look at the team on the other side and you're like, oh, my God, we're about to destroy them. 
And then you actually play the game and you get your ass whooped and you're like, oh my God, the, those guys could shoot or those guys, you know, were fast or they moved the ball well. Whatever it was, it's never anything about yourself. And I think with this particular game for the Chicago Bears after Sunday, you can't even point to things that the Packers did where you can say, oh my God, they this was significantly better. The screen game, maybe. But like where you could say this team was just, but no, like you have to look internally and be like, no, guys, you sucked. Your offense was bad. Your defense gassed out in the second half. I mentioned talking to Corey Wooden at the post game that he and I do for the Chicago Bears on Fox 32. And he was like, oh, defense looks good in the first quarter. And I was like, yeah, but just remember, last year, every single game, the Bears defense would crumble in the fourth quarter. That's why the Bears lost a lot of games. I don't want to do this for 16 more weeks. I got to be honest. I don't want to do this. I do not want to come on here and speak negatively about the Bears. It's just it's not good for my mental health. It's not good for yours. You shouldn't be listening to people complain about players for 17 straight weeks. We need some positivity. Like right now, I'm about to talk trash about Chase Claypool. Like why? Like I wish Chase Claypool would call in. Much more, much more compelling conversation for Chase Claypool to be talking to me right now and like giving me his thoughts on what happened. Then for me to sit up here and let you open up the lines, Tyler. Got Tyler Ferengall producing today. Baby T. He doesn't have his hat banged to the left or to the right. I told him that's how you get the street cred, Papa. Not outside, just in the studio. Bang it to the left or to the right. Uh, phone lines are open right now. It's Gabe Ramirez, 670 the score. I want you to call up with your Bears thoughts. I know you have them after this weekend. But so that's that's one direction you can call them, Bears thoughts. But I do want to give you a prompt, and it is about Chase Claypool. Would you make Chase Claypool a healthy scratch on Sunday after what you saw? Or because of what you gave up, because of who he is in the grand scheme of things, you put him back in there so that you can truly see what it is you have with number 10. What are your thoughts on Chase Claypool? And I don't mean, no, he can't be loafing. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I don't want that. We all know that that's what happened. I'm talking about the future of Chase Claypool as a Chicago Bear. Are you a let's cut ties right now guy? He should be cut right now. Is that who you are? I'm willing to cut my losses. Or are you a this guy 6'4", 240, he can be a stud. This is why we got him on the team. Let's give him another chance. This offense sucks. It's not his fault. Like if we're going to say that, for Justin Fields and why we thought he was good despite lack of production. Why can't we use the same thing for Chase Claypool? All right, 312-644-6767. Taking your thoughts on Chase Claypool and the Chicago Bears after this. It's Gabe Ramirez, live and local for you on 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We're back. Live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Que lo que hay, mi gente? What's up, my people? It is Gabe Ramirez here on 670 The Score. Uh, and what a saga surrounding Chase Claypool. You heard everyone and their mama talking about Chase Claypool and the, his, his lack of effort on Sunday. What's funny, we got, we're gonna, we got a ton of people on on hold right now. We're going to be taking your calls in a second. 312-644-6767. I keep talking about Corey Wooten because first of all, he and I are, are actual friends. I know. It's crazy. I didn't think I'd be friends with an actual NFL player, but it's pretty cool because he's like, just like us. Super regular guy. And we talk football just like you would with your boys. And so the coolest thing though is that he actually played in the NFL. So whenever I have a real question, I just ask him. And then he gives me the answers. But in this particular moment where they threw that wide receiver screen to Mooney and Chase Claypool's block got blown up. You know, I'm, 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 no, I'm, no, I'm no NFL player, so when I see the play, I just see the play. But he sees it through a different lens, and he called it out immediately. It's like, dude, what the hell is going on with Chase Claypool? And I'm like, what are you? The play, the play just happened. I'm like, what? He's like, dude, he's 6'4", 250. How's he going to let that guy just run over? That's, that's terrible. That's terrible. I'd be so pissed right now if I was on the sidelines. And I was like, ooh, okay, Corey. But here we are. Everyone. It wasn't just that play. It was a series of plays, and everyone's pointing it out. And I don't know why I'm a Chase Claypool apologist. Maybe I just want him to be good. I want the Bears organization to have been right by making that trade, so I'm, I'm trying to defend it. But, okay, yeah, let me defend it first. Give the man an end around. Get, get, put the ball in his hands first. Hit the, hit, put the ball in his hands first. Get, get him an opportunity to contribute, to feel like he's part of the team. Let's not forget, he went from, you're getting traded to Chicago, where you're going to be the number one. His agent told him that. He thought that. Then Darnell Mooney comes back healthy. You, get, you trade for DJ Moore. So the mental aspect of it, I'm sure, is affecting him. And then you're not throwing him the ball. He's, 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 he's probably a guy that wants it, the ball all the time. Now, I also want, I'm just trying to go on that side, right? Devil's advocate, trying to maybe take a sneak peek into his brain. But the fact of the matter remains, it's just unacceptable. You cannot go to work, whatever your job is, put in a half-ass effort, and don't think your boss is going to come talk to you. Or someone is going to reprimand you, a coworker for that matter. Hey, bro, you ain't putting in your work. I'm out here busting my tail 
and you're not giving the same effort. But here we are with the potential for him to be a healthy scratch on Sunday. And that's why I posed the question. What do you guys think? Whether it's a Bears thought or something specifically Chase Claypool related. 312-644-6767. Let's go to Ty out in Lake Villa. So, Ty, do you trust Chase Claypool? Here's the thing. I, I trust his ability, right? Uh, I used to play semi-pro hockey, and if my coach didn't trust me and put me out at the end of the game to handle it and, and take care of business, then I wouldn't have scored the amount of goals that I did. If you don't give Chase Claypool the ball and give him an opportunity on the 50-50 balls Justin, that Justin Fields is too scared to throw or Luke Getze is too scared to give him the A-OK to do so, Chase Claypool is not going to succeed. You know, you keep coming down play after play with your head down, thinking that, you know, that ball should have come to you. Every single time they think that that ball should have come to them and they could have beat that receiver. So, you know, unless he starts getting the ball and some, getting some serious opportunities, his production is going to go downhill. Ty, I love the point that you're making right here because it brings up the moment last year when he was frustrated on the sidelines. And that was a healthy Chase Claypool. That was a healthy Justin Fields. But why was he frustrated? For the reason that Ty just mentioned. Like, damn, just we suck. We suck. Throw the ball in the air. I say that to my brother when I'm playing flag football with my family. Bro, I'm never covered. Just throw me the ball. And, and imagine what these guys are thinking. Imagine what Chase Claypool's thinking. Like, bro, we suck. You're throwing it to Equinemius? You're throwing it to Dante Pettis? Bro. Throw me the ball. They're not going to intercept it. I'll, I'll, I'll hit it down. Throw me the ball. Then game one of 2023 comes, and I, I get it. I get it. But I, And the reason I get it is because it's, it's the exact reason why I said DJ Moore wouldn't, ha, wouldn't hit that 800-yard marker for him. Can he? Do I want him to? Absolutely. I would love to tell myself and look myself in the mirror and be like, you're an idiot. You were wrong. Why did you believe that, Gabriel? DJ Moore's the man. I would love to tell myself that. But the analyst in me has me looking at this through a different lens where I'm like, Justin Fields isn't the guy to throw the ball. People are like, everybody would tell me that DJ Moore has played with, no, Justin Fields is going to be the best quarterback he's played with. Yeah, fine. But he's also the only quarterback that doesn't throw it to a, a receiver 10 times. Mike Evans on Sunday, Tampa Bay Buccaneers targeted 10 times. 10 times. Tyler, while you're back there, I'm going to take a phone call. Why, why are you back there? Go look up the last time somebody on the Bears team was targeted that much. 10 times. Double digits. All right, wait, but give me this phone call first. Let's go to Justin out in Rockford. Justin, what do you think about Chase Claypool? I think ultimately it's about evaluating talent. And, I mean, the effort that he showed this past Sunday – was embarrassing but I'd like to think that in Hallis Hall they're showing it to him that what he did was unacceptable and if we're not going to put him back out there and continue to evaluate him then we're doing him a disservice we're doing Justin Fields a disservice and we're doing the organization a disservice but Justin Justin what about what we were just talking about that some of it has to be on Justin Fields and his inability to put the ball up there which even he himself said that he could do a better job at no, I mean, it, it. Justin Fields didn't play well at all. He, he didn't play well, and I think that I, I would love for Justin Fields to be the guy. I'm hoping that he's the guy, but I have that 
feeling in the back of my head every single time I watch him that, you know, is he? I don't know. I mean, he, he – Justin, continues. what do you feel What do you feel like when, when you watch that? Because this, this is a great place that you're at right now because you're mirroring the feelings of a lot of fans. When you see him, right, because everyone's talking about he, him being the man and his third-year growth, but our eyes tell us something different when we're watching the game. What, what do you think you when, when you see it, what do you feel like is missing from Justin Fields that, w- that would make you feel comfortable? Uh, I, I see, consi- I, I don't see consistent hitting, you know, hitting, you know, the, the top end of his drop and hitting DJ more in a slant, like he did the one time. And then we didn't do that the rest of the game at all. I, I mean, I, I think you consistently see him go back, take a hitch and then ultimately end up getting sacked. And it, it just is, it, it, it's frustrating. I, I think that we all are sitting here. We all are hoping that he's the guy. But every single week goes by, and the, I mean the clock is ticking. It, it's got to it's got to happen. And if it's not going to happen, then I mean it's time to move on. I agree. Thanks for the call, Justin. I really appreciate it. I think that's the scariest thing about where we're at right now, as like Chicago Bears fans. And it's not to say that no one wants to move on from Justin Fields, right? So don't 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 be the person that's out there like, oh, they're talking on the radio about moving on from Justin Fields after one game. No, we're not. No one wants to move on from Justin Fields. Let's make that very clear. I'm sure there's a small contingent out there that feels as though they can pinpoint it already that he's not the dude. Trust me, check out our text line. You'll, you'll believe that as well. But we want him to do well, but it, but it is that scary time in our fandom where you're like, damn, where is this supposed jump everyone was talking about? And that's why it was so deflating because everyone kept talking about it. The problem is, in sports, it doesn't matter what's on paper. How many times do you hear people be like, this is not a video game. You cannot put Gary Payton, Carl Malone (laughs) on the same team and just assume you're going to win a championship. It's Gabe Ramirez here on 670 The Score. We're talking about Chase Claypool. Just like overall thoughts on him, right? I I want him to do well. But damn, we saw what happened. But there's a small little asterisk next to it, right? Can Justin Fields get him the ball? Let's go to Dennis out in Park Forest. Dennis, you got some Bears thoughts for me? Hey, Gabe, what's up? Yeah, I do. Some positive ones, though. Love it. So You know yeah, I'm all about positivity. I, I know. I heard you on the radio, and I was like, I got to call and cheer him up. Like, he's got the wrong mentality right now. So, but, um, yeah, I mean, like, I know that we, we lost and we look bad. But maybe I was the only one assuming that the Bears weren't going to be ready for the NFL again this year. So I kind of just was looking at the Lions and just gauging their rebuild to ours. And I'm like, well, right now we got all this draft capital for next year. And the Panthers lost. We lost. And Aaron Rodgers got lost for the year. So the Packers can't even get a first-round <laughs> draft pick for that trade. Okay. So I was like, these are wins. Like, I mean, we're getting a better draft pick automatically next year for ours and the Panthers, and we're watching the rebuild happen. I mean, everyone's just got too high of expectations. They just need to chill, let it happen, see what good talent we have that emerges, and then just make some good picks next year. I love it, Dennis. Thanks for the call. And it is a great reminder that this year wasn't supposed to be the year. This is not a year that everyone was like, oh, we're going to the playoffs. Or we better win the NFC North. No one, no one was thinking that. It is a huge letdown that you're 
you can't prove in week one that you're better than the Packers, at least. I think that's what we were all hoping for. But you're right. The Panthers did lose. I most certainly was watching that game closely. They lost. Bears lost. So you get a better pick there. Okay, I guess I see it. Picking up what you're putting down there. Dennis, you're making me feel good, too. You know I like positivity. And Bryce Young, I don't know if you guys, this is not an advertisement. If you have a couple extra bucks, like if you have extra money, you should go download the NFL app. Because they have every single game in a condensed form. And it's like in 35 minutes you can watch a whole game. So like instead of binge watching a show on a Friday night or a Tuesday night, excuse me, month, you know, after Monday night football, you just watch like some of your some of the good games. It helps you out in fantasy football too. But anyway, so I watched this game. That's why I brought it up. Carolina and Atlanta. I tried to I wanted to see what Bryce Young was all about. How the hell did Atlanta win and what did they look like? Okay, Atlanta's trash. Desmond Ritter's trash. That's so harsh. Desmond Ritter, not a top 15 quarterback. That was so harsh. Unnecessarily harsh. Desmond Ritter, not a top 15 quarterback. They capitalized on some bad turnovers. But Bryce Young? Bryce Young is a professional quarterback. That ball leaves his hand, and it is a laser that goes from his hand to the chest of his wide receiver. Now, he took some chances, believing in his arm, right? Because he is a good quarterback, and that's where the the turnovers came from, which you expect from a rookie quarterback. But at least he was taking chances. At least he was throwing the ball 20, 30 yards down the field. So they're going to struggle, but Bryce Young, most. Yeah, I do got time. Who is it? Talk to me, Tyler. Baby T. So we just had Ken from Elmhurst on, and he had an interesting message he wanted me to pass on. He said, get Tyson Bajant in there at quarterback. He said he wants him to play because he's more of a natural quarterback. He said he likes the reps he saw in the preseason and doesn't want Justin Fields to play. He says he has more of a natural feel for the quarterback position, unlike Justin Fields. Hmm. Gabe, what are your thoughts? Listen, ain't nobody trying to start Tyson Bajan. Right? <laughs> right? Unless no. you have to. Right, right. No one, no one, right. If, if, if Justin Fields goes down, I'd, I'd much rather have Tyson Bajan than Nathan Peterman, just because it'll be fun. That's the thing about Bajan. He's going to be an entertaining quarterback. Why? Because... He's going to throw two tutties when he's going to throw two interceptions or have like a, like, you know what I mean? There's going to be turnovers there, but there's also going to be a couple of exciting plays. And then in the fourth quarter, you're probably going to be in it, whether that's up a field goal or down a field goal or 10 for that matter. So that, that's the interesting thing, but no, no, don't be ridiculous. It's not time to play Tyson Bajan. Although Brock Purdy looked good. If you watch that game, the Niners are a problem. Why? Because they have actual professionals at their skill positions. Debo Samuel, Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, those are professionals. So Brock Purdy's even though so he can be above average and look really good. Okay. Going on an NFL tangent here. Phone lines are still open for you. 312-644-6767. It's Gabe Ramirez here on 670 to score, taking your Bears thoughts. And do not forget, 8 o'clock, talk a little Cubs baseball. Tony Andraki joins the show then. 312-644-6767. Your call's next. Right here on 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? 
Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back, live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Taking a little bit of time to discuss Chase Claypool. And we are here, man. It's Gabe Ramirez. Until 9 o'clock, hanging out with you, Tyler Farringall, Baby T is what we call him. Uh, he's holding out producing duty. So when you do call in, you get a chance to talk to him. And let's talk a little bit more about it. Let's talk a little bit more about Chase Claypool and your Bears thoughts. Uh, let's go to uh, Paolo from Arlington Heights. Paolo, property value going up by the second right now, Papa. It's crazy out there. Uh, <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you for taking my call, Gabe. Listen, uh, in my opinion, the problem is not Chase Claypool, okay? The problem is Justin Fields. I don't know why people have a hard time seeing this, and I already said it in other stations and on social media, and I'm getting killed because they don't want to see it. Justin Fields is a bust. He can't throw the football. He can't read differences. I went on YouTube and, and actually took a look at what he did on Sunday, and believe me, I love Justin Fields or used to like Justin Fields. But after this debacle that he caused on Sunday where there were wide receivers and tight ends open, and he just couldn't get him the ball. And that's just unbelievable. Third year in the league. And I come to this conclusion also because he's played 25 games already. He started 25 games in the NFL. And two more games that he came in the second half or so. And he hasn't developed. We already went through this with Mitchell Trubisky for four years, having the hope that he's going to develop. He's the guy. He's going to be the guy because he was drafted high. But it is not true. Justin Fields is no good. He can't read differences. We need to move on from him. We need to trade him. As a matter of fact, the New York Jets, they have an opening now. We might get lucky and get something back for him before he loses total value, guys. Paolo, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Uh, You bring up some great points, things that are difficult to dispute and argue against, except for the last one. Justin Fields ain't going to the New York Jets, all right? One, they would have to give up too much assets for that. Two, the Bears, there's just, wouldn't have, but um, I hear what you're saying in regards to Justin Fields and the the growth that the, we would have wanted to see. Because I think what we're really talking about when it comes to Justin Fields and his growth and maturation, you can say you want him to get the ball out quickly. It's the NFL; the ball comes out in four or five seconds, like or less, right? It's like it's not. It's fast. What you want is clear cut understanding of an offense you want to see a quarterback who has a level of comfort under center and, and has an understanding of the offense knows where to go can see defenses like that. We we've seen that at, at a high level. Like we've seen Tom Brady do it, Aaron Rodgers do it. And we are waiting for our quarterback to be that. And so you're like, Oh, you got all the physical traits. Oh, you're the best runner in the NFL. Uh, in terms of being in terms of quarterbacks, you know, you're, 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 you got super arm strength. We've seen it at Ohio state. You have deep ball accuracy. That's all Matt Eberflus to talk about. But then there's this, this other game that happens between the twenties and that you got, you got to do well still. And you see backup quarterbacks do it all the time. Third string quarterbacks come in, eat you up inside the twenties, but can't do the other thing. And so Justin Fields can do the other thing. He just can't, he just hasn't proven that he can do the inside the 20s thing consistently. 
And so when you talk about Paulo, his throws aren't accurate. We can agree with that. It's year three. Year one, I understand you throwing darts to your running back on the screen. I get it. You're, the game's fast. You're just trying to get the ball out. Year three, come on. Let's hit, let's hit these receivers in the chest when they're eight yards away from you. And I think that's what we're talking about when we're looking at growth. What would Justin Fields look like? What would make everybody feel that much better about Justin Fields? If when he would throw a wide receiver screen, it would, they, the, the receiver wouldn't have to move his arms too far away from his chest. How about that? Let's start there. But again, maturation. Growth. We got time for one more, Tyler? Who am I taking here? What line? Throw up a number in your fingers. What line am I taking? Let's go to Patrick out in uh, Michigan. So you're a, you're a Justin Fields hater as well, huh? I wouldn't call myself a hater. There we go. I like that. No, let's stop there for a second because that's what I'm talking about. Just because and this is, I want you to be a part of people like myself. Just because you see a truth or say a truth doesn't make you a hater. It's just a no, not at all. right. Exactly. All right. So talk to me about Justin Fields. Well, well, first, I'm uh, 31 years in Chicago now, over five years in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Now, as far as Justin Fields is concerned, he couldn't beat out Jake Fromm years ago. Okay, if you look at the history, he transferred up to Ohio State, where they have five-star recruits on the line. The last quarterback. Gabe, Gabriel, if you want to tell me the last quarterback out of Ohio State that that achieved much, much in the notoriety in the NFL. His name was Mike Tomzak. He played for the Bears. I hear you. I hear you. Sorry. I hear you. And obviously that's a big, you know, argument that a lot of people that a lot of people bring up. You know, quarterbacks from Ohio State and how they operate and such. And then the Jake Fromm argument, it's not a great one either because Jake Fromm now just got cut from the Rams. So, I mean, like, let's let's be honest, right? Justin Fields is better than him. He just ran that that system a little bit better out in Georgia for years, literally years, like 10 years. <laughs> so we know Justin Fields is better than him. Again, again, it's the growth, guys. It's the it's the part of the of the whole quarterback that we're missing. He is athletic. He can, he does have a cannon for an arm, but there's that middle part, like the actual quarterbacking. And so we're waiting for that. And we thought that would come together. And they, and we kept hearing people say, well, once you get a, a, a Stefan Diggs or an AJ Brown, things will be okay. We have a DJ Moore. Once you fig, once you make the, once you make improvements on the offensive line and Justin Fields going to have an extra half a second or, or a second, things are going to get in, Things are going to get better. That's, that's how, that's when Justin Fields gets better. Oh, when he just takes the easy check down. That's what is going to happen. It's way bigger than that. And that's what we're seeing. But again, like I mentioned, good thing is we have Sunday. That's the beauty of the football season is that, you know what? You can't get enough of it, and you don't have to wait long before you get another hit because we are addicted. Let's be very real. All right, uh, we're going to change subject because, like addiction, you should take a break sometimes, and we're going to do that by talking about a different sort of a bear, a cub. Cubs falling to the uh, Colorado Rockies today, and we get to talk to Tony Andraki about it. Is he concerned at not only – the Cubs losing two or three, but the fact that Pete Armstrong uh, in his two games is 0 for 7. All right, we'll talk about that next with Tony Andraki right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.